uh, ready to get this show on the road? I'm ready to get the show on the road. Get hit it on look, the dance floor. You look mobile, so I don't want to hear no mobile sounds from you. Get stationed and let me know, get your feet planted on the ground, and we can I'm light this candle dog. up. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Third World Ballers. Before we get this episode started, a uh, little bit of house cleaning. Jawal has not lifted the lawsuit and is now taking matters in even further. He is claiming that we don't respect his gender pronoun. He is claiming that we have been siphoning money from his family's company. I don't know what it's all about, but bro, like I've been saying all over the internet, we can squash it. You know what, what a I'm retaliatory saying? son of a bitch. Yep. I mean, he's a, just a different man. He's fucking lawyered up. He, do, do, I don't even, I can't, I'm at a loss for words. Ever since that Radio Espacio gig, he's just never been the same, man. He never came back, yeah. Never came back. All you, all you did is take photos. Never He's already calling himself local Jawal. I don't know what that was about. What but. happened to our photos, Jawal? The ones of me and you in the couch. Remember, dude? <laughs> you were telling me things you never told anybody. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to our games, dude? We used to game so much, and now you just fucking lawyered up, and you're just causing all this beef with us. But whatever, dude. Just wanted to get that out of the way. We're not here to talk about Chihuahua. Hey, you know what? We'll squash it. We'll squash it's it. Raw. We'll yeah, squash yeah. it. He'll, he'll come back on when we'll have a you know a full frontal conversation. We'll beef it out. You know? We'll beef it's it raw. out. Yeah, we're going to stream it on our Twitch, and it's going to be us fighting. Um, Anyways, we're not here to talk about Chihuahua. Today's a special episode. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, je t'aime, Chihuahua. Yeah, I like it. I like the French. What does that actually mean? Je t'aime. I love you. <laughs> oh, je t'aime. Uh yeah, we're here to talk about a uh, little French film we just saw. Well, I just about saw. Daddy. About Daddy, yes, aka Kitty Smile. Well, it's not his Daddy. <laughs> you dance really good. <laughs> when he gave people the drugs, he didn't want people coming up to him going, "Daddy, <laughs> Daddy, I'm tripping." <laughs> oh, anyway, let's let the listeners know what exactly we're talking about, as opposed to just <laughs> rambling on like the characters in the yes, film that definitely. we are actually talking about. We are here to talk about Gaspar Noe's. Is that how you say his last name? Gaspar Noe. Noe? Noe? Anyway, yeah. Gaspar Noe's Climax. Folks, we're what? tripping right now. We're tripping Folks, right we're now. on acid. I right wish. Now. I really wish. As we speak. You know, funny little side anecdote about acid. Uh, when we went to DJ your cousin's uh, going away party, he uh, he gave me a little bit of acid. Oh, nice. He said he's that? been... Uh, I didn't actually... I wasn't, I wasn't going to take it with his family. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, your father was there, your mother was there. But True. Put you in check. He did. Gimme said he said he's been uh, microdosing lately. So not, yeah, not that's to what put him on blast, me. but yeah, he said he's been microdosing. Microdosing. But Sounds... folks, this isn't a microdose. Oh, no, this is a full uh, dive. Actually, that we're about to slip you. We're about to slip you a dose of this film piece of mastery that we just this saw. Piece of work. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where to begin, Caesar? Where so, yeah. The film Climax uh, by Gaspar Noé came out last year at the Cannes Film Festival uh, in in France, and fucking sucks because when it comes out during these festivals, usually you have to wait until there's like a wide re- a wider release in the U.S. So you have to wait a year for these films to come out. Finally, it did in about in around March, uh, and it has to deal with a dance troupe that basically descends into hell through this like acid trip uh and using like very heavy hypnotic tones through music and also just like the color scheme is very visceral the acting is just very primal uh and in general it's very just raw and authentic it felt exact it's a, just a very out, original outstanding film like, yeah, I mean, I mean the use of music, a highlight. the use of his music, his camera work, and he's known for that kind of overly over the head, like dizzying camera dwindling along, definitely kind of style. It's, it's like this like divine entity that floats around these characters and just gets like a little taste of what their view is and what their like lives are basically, and you just follow these. This whole this whole dance troupe around one secluded area in France uh, that's basically at the like at the dance hall that they're practicing. Yeah, it was just at, like their school like a, that they've been renting out. A to school or, with dormitories and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and over the period, through the course of their dancing, they realize that they start <laughs> tripping out 
because someone has uh, spiked the sangria. Spiked the sangria. Out of all things. And they drink a lot of it, too. They're going in on the sangria. In, dude. Uh, So it was really, it's a really, really well well done film. Um, I highly recommend watching it, although definitely there's a lot to get through in terms of the camera work, like Josh is saying. So you know, but that's the, like I, I personally didn't Some like. I, off, I didn't like but, uh, Enter the Void, which is kind of his acclaimed big film that everybody kind of turns to when they think of Gaspar. Because um, when I looked that up, I was like, "Oh, Enter the Void." So I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of put me off a little bit because the camera work in that one and the colors are just like really intense you know mm-hmm. and i think in this one it works perfectly he kind of just he doesn't really like drift off into like walls he just kind of stays over the head well i'm just i'm talking about like the dance numbers definitely yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. everything else well, like i mean it like it fits because it's like an acid trip you know so like your mind kind of focuses on so many different things when you're tripping out on drugs so so that's like the wide lens of like what the film is like let's so like it starts off obviously with um the uh, audition tapes, basically, uh, played. Well, it starts online. off. That's like from the end. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, true, true, true. So the begin, the very, very beginning yeah. is actually like basically a blank canvas, you know, but yeah. it's snow, uh, which is uh, which is really beautiful because it's like you're starting off with this sort of idea for creation, you know, like something is going to spark this sort of blank canvas of snow into something more meaningful, and that's someone like a a woman basically crawling across uh, the snow-covered landscape and collapses into it. And And you can tell she's bleeding, and there's just some ominousness to it. Is she, like, tripping? I'm assuming she's still tripping. Well, she didn't didn't trip. She... That's the uh, AOC lookalike who uh, oh, is pregnant okay. because that's why she's bloody and she's like holding her stomach and then they see her. Uh, so it wasn't I her. See, see. It was yeah. okay. Okay. Because in the end, you see it. So you see her escape from the school rather because you get a shot of everybody. But uh, that's right. Okay. I for, I would. We're jumping I around yeah, a little bit, but yeah. okay. Well, that makes sense. <clears throat> anyway, so if that's what it starts with, and I love how he he's very notorious for doing that sort of like circular circumvention yeah. of this of the landscape and yeah. just starting narrowing in and that's kind of like it's almost like uh like i don't know like twirling you into like a, a spiral new reality it's or spiraling yeah. you into a new reality yeah and so <clears throat> it then from there uh goes into the audition tapes that this dance troupe sends in uh and basically they were being uh from what i was reading they were being interviewed by gaspar yeah and like his uh, I don't know if it was cinematographer or someone else. And that was really last minute, right? That was like the most dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. And he just told them basically act as you would your character. How you want your character. Like who you it. want to be pretty much. Who He's you like, want your character if, to be. Create your character basically in that moment. You know? I love that. I love the freedom that he gave. Because none of these, most of the people other than, uh, what's the actress's name? Uh, Sophia. Sophia Butella. Yeah, yeah. All of them are just come from just, they're just dancers essentially. Definitely, I and think, like uh, the one, the one uh, black woman who was whose brother is obsessed with her. I think she was in the uh, Kitty Smile video for Dickmatized. Dickmatized, yeah, that, yes, I think so. That makes sense. But even so, they're all just you know just dancers. They have no acting background too. So, which is great. I love the use of non actors in film only I, because and it I think, makes it much more authentic. Yeah, and, and I think if he gave them a script, it would. You, some of these people, it, like you said, it wouldn't sound authentic, and it would look like they're trying to act in this character, but they're just like going off the dome. I think, and then I think that's what makes it really special. I mean, he was. I, uh, this is like off of uh, the the movie is based off of an uh, actual off, event, actual event, but it's like loosely based. He yeah. like reinterpreted the event, which is also really cool. Um, made it much more sadistic and horrific, of course. But <laughs> like, I love that. That's that's what he got the idea from, and then just from a one page or two page sort of uh, just sort of. What do you call them? It's not a script. It's more of like, like a, a rubric, an outline kind of. Yeah, an outline, I would say, if anything. Yeah. And uh, it's just like a skeleton outline of what he thinks the film is. But I think that's there's so much room to play with that. And, of course, with like Sofia Botella's character, she was very hesitant before going into this film because she is used to – she was in The Mummy, the the remake. And I think uh, in Star Trek. Listener. She doesn't oh, have really? a good film track record, yeah. <laughs> 
So, but that's what I mean. Working with those directors who direct those sort of blockbuster films, you're required to learn your lines very specifically, put, be put in this spot, don't move from here. Don't defer from this out. scene. Yeah, like that's this is it. the scene like, we're filming. Yeah. Absolutely no room for creativity. Right. So Gaspar basically told her, just trust me. Like, trust me on this and I won't let you down. And basically, <laughs> I mean, that I, I think all of them... The, from what I read, all of them were so excited to do it regardless because none of them have ever been in film. They've only been in like either YouTube videos or some dance uh, music videos and stuff, music videos. And so like they were all stoked at the chance to be able to do this. So of course the energy that you're working with, with these people, it it gives them free reign to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So these audition tapes play out and it's all the dancers sort of revealing their kind of like more intimate natures about themselves um, and also there's a chance for you to get an idea of where Gaspar's head is at in terms of like his influences. Uh, yeah. so he has some VHS on the side, uh, and some books on the other side. Um, what were some of the, Suspiria was one of Suspiria, them. Suspiria, Eraserhead, Solo, um, Night of the Living Dead, or no, Dawn of the Dead rather. Oh, okay. Um, all of them, nice. like you can tell, he pulled elements from each of those films. Dawn of the Dead, Psychos, just trapped in a building. Suspiria, Suspiria like the, the dance. Yeah, Eraserhead, grotesqueness. Exactly. Solo, a terrible shared experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I love when he when they do stuff like that because he Gaspar is actually very like he wears his shit on his sleeve. Like, yeah. In a lot of his films, he puts posters deliberately in his films to mark them like in uh the film love for instance that came out uh last year or a couple it was years last year yeah maybe three years ago i think it was so. i think it came it's out in, like 17 let's look at no but anyways i think it's 60 anyway the point is he put like 2001 a space odyssey in there and like well, what, uh, that was in a in a irreversible too yeah, and also uh, Salo, I think, was in it. Taxi Driver, I oh, think, he I was has trying, put in. I was trying to think why there's the baby in in Irreversible um, during that. Like, why it's a poster of the baby from 2001 Space Odyssey, but she's, they're talking about her being pregnant. The baby, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Irreversible also is one of his earlier films, and for the listeners... One of his most notorious, I would I would say. see that film, it's but tread great. lightly, because there's one scene that's like, God damn. Yeah, to be warned, there is a heavy rape rape scene scene in that one. Um, It's, I mean, he doesn't, what I love about Gaspar, though, is that he's not one to steer away from very problematic topics that I think, because art is controverted in that way, you know? It is like, it's not subjective, it's very objective, which means that it has universal interpretation in terms of, like, what you want the audience to experience. And unfortunately, rape is a part of the life's lived experience. It's just like, it's unfortunate that that happens, but it is something that happens. And I think people are quick to label Gaspar as like a misogynist or like a provocateur, you know, maybe like a, um, uh, what do you call them? A purveyor or whatever, you know, the, Basically, like this sadistic person who makes this art to promote more sadism. And it's like, why can't art just be complicated for art's sake without having to instill this idea that, like, whatever the director puts onto the screen, that's exactly what he feels. And he yeah, loves he, it's that. Not like, meant, it's not meant to be taken that. literal. And, like, this is his yeah, actual view. It's not for his view. enjoyment yeah. or something. It's, it's to about, show you the monstrosities of the real world. Like, that shit can happen. Exactly. And I think it's it's very much about experience, you know, yes, just like yes. he wants his films to be experienced on another level in terms of like, like not as sort of this static shot of, um, you know, moving from like one character to one character back to a, a wider angle and then one character one to one character, wider angle, yeah. fightsy. You know, he's not about the He doesn't arithmetic. stick to the traditional filmmaking that style is a traditional and film. just or sequence and order. Like so like bringing it back exactly. to climax, the scene opens with the closing credits essentially. And then you go through the audition tapes. Which he tape. does a lot too. Yeah. And then you go through the audition tapes and then it kicks into the first dance number. Which the, is one amazing. of the fucking 
coolest dance numbers I've ever seen. So cool. I've probably watched it about like 30 times. Already. Same. Here. It's so cool. Like, And it's the Chironi edit of that that version of the Supernature song. It's It sounds so good. It just it's, fits so perfectly. It really does. And I think that like, so for listeners, look up that dancing. Uh, it's, it's, it's just the opening hypnotic. scene. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hypnotic. And like, they fucking were able to choreograph that in two days with this woman from Los Angeles. The dancers are all like, apparently a lot of, they're all sober. So like they don't, a lot of them don't do drugs because like they need to keep their bodies fit for, you know? Oh yeah, I'm sure. And dude. of course, like some of these people are contorting are their bodies and shit. their arms like windmills and you doing know? just death drops out the window, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> voguing up the app. I like, love the voguing. Something the about voguing, the voguing just captivates me so much in dance. Like, I wish it was more of, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I would never start voguing on the dance floor because it is a very course. effeminate sign of dance move, but goddamn, is it impressive. I think it's fucking sick. It's as, so fucking well. impressive. It's I love definitely, it. I think it's also definitely more of, like, a, there is a artistic quality to it that I think oh, yeah. is viewed as lowbrow as compared so? to, like, with, like, a choreographed more on tune um dance number which would be highbrow in my opinion mm. like i think there are there is a tendency to look and especially because it comes from like a queer poc culture yeah i mean it started um, from uh like runways and ballrooms back in like new york and shit i don't have you that, paris is burning I mean, you era. Could literally call this film this film embodies the nature of paris is burning like, oh yeah that's what climax is basically <laughs> you know paris is on fucking fire yeah. and the dance number wow. makes it so like he is very gaspar even said in interviews he's very inspired by like when he was a kid watching when he would watch uh, movies or television he was mostly captivated not by like those sequences of dialogue but by the the acrobatics of watching like olympics or something or mm, like yeah. dance numbers the human you know? body like, the human body moving and contorting in all these impossible directions and something about it makes you feel hooked. Like it just pumps you up so much. I don't know why. Yeah. Just watching people like I'll sit and I'll watch people pop lock for hours on YouTube. Oh yeah. Just something about dancing. Pop lock for hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, uh, uh, I think what I was really captivated about other than the dancing was just his music selection and, not even just the music section because it is good in itself like as in a standalone soundtrack but what really gets me about it is just the order of the way that the music was laid out yes it was very decisive you know very built up on top of one another like a regular like a like a show would be like if you were to see a live show you know or like a Um, drug trip would be or like a drug trip exactly and like um uh, we were saying when we were talking about this, if you haven't taken drugs, like Sophia Botella said, see this film sober. Honestly, I would much rather see it uh, on something at least. Like, I mean, I, I definitely need to see it at one point on a drug. Yes, because that's it's almost like that's what it's made for, you know? Like, yeah. it's part of this uh, midnight circuit culture, which is oh, why yeah, it has yeah. these references to these 80s films, you know, because. Mm-hmm. He is very much inspired by this, which like influences the work of like the sort of exploitive nature of you know the films that he makes. People, and yeah. with climax, that like I mean, all of it is just drug inducing. Mm-hmm. Why not fucking take some drugs while you're fucking even the less uh, dance heavy, sort of more ambient sound sounding music is very much drug heavy. Like the songs towards the end when. Uh, you see the woman dropping the acid in her eyes, and it's just this like popping, yes. like, clicking sound. We're and jumping like, all over the place for this movie, but you know what? I think like it's like a true. humming or a reverberation. Yeah, yeah. It. Exactly, yeah. And I think my favorite part, my favorite part of that, where music kind of represented an emotion and a full on like overcoming of the drugs, was uh, that part when uh, the pregnant woman walks into the dance floor for the first time because she's gone, like. She yes. takes off everyone. So the dance number kicks in. There's two dance numbers. One with then the second one kicks in with Kitty Smile and the Thomas Banglatar track. And then another mm-hmm. another set of credits come in all randomly too. When I Which first is, saw that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> I was like what is happening right now? <clears throat> again, what he he is known for doing of just like it's very jarring, but it's also like that's very Gaspar as well. Yeah. You know, 
Um, which I, and it's so like, stylized it's too. So original. You don't see that in anything else. The title credits for fucking Enter the Void. Um, one of my favorite openings, honestly. Like I, that was the time when when I first saw that film. That was like when I knew, okay, film is something. Like you could do something else with this. It is not. It's a what canvas. I've you can make it seen. your own canvas. Like he is literally using filmmaking as his own personal canvas. He is a. He is a. A mesmerizing painter then because like oh, jesus yeah. what he puts <laughs> on film and the colors everything is just so he said he uh, vibrant and to the so void textural. he said he thought of the idea when he was on mushrooms see there you go i mean like he all of his films have this idea of taking drugs to get into this state of mind in order to mm, over mm-hmm. either overcome situations or uh, escape them and through that choice you are led down either this very narrow, dark path or this very like wide open, exuberant, exciting, enigmatic path, you know? So it's like he leaves it open for that choice and it, and it feels cool and original as a viewer to watch that and almost feel like I'm just going to put my hands into this, this character that we're watching and that's it. Like I have to just experience it. At certain at certain points in the film, I thought that we were just gonna we were getting Sophia's only perspective throughout this whole film, but it just jumps to everybody. Like it literally touches base with every single person in that part, and you really start getting like that's the thing. He so he has this really cool uh, quote about um, about filming dialogue and whatnot, but he says that like he likes filming the body of an actual person uh, than to film the person's mouth talking. Because he doesn't believe in dialogue, uh, he thinks that what happens in life happens beyond words, and then people just try to justify what happens with words. Mm. But he really dislikes movies that focuses on the actors' faces. So he, as you can tell from the entire film, you're either directly behind the person walking with them, basically, or floating or around them, or exactly, or these very deadpan, just like waist up, uh, two person shots, you know, yeah. like. That's it. You, there's never like moving in on the actor's face as a close up for them to say a line of dialogue and then get the expression and mm-hmm. then move back into a wider frame to get the aura. Of You're the constantly moving throughout the whole entire time. And that's it. But because he is the he is experiencing the film as it's happening. He is creating it as it's happening as well, which is like how how original is you don't fucking hear about that with any you can't it's such say a that. risk you know it's such a production risk on so many like as parts of it and for him to do that it's astounding honestly yeah, it really and is. honest and very comedic the film there are a lot of parts which are like like darkly funny of yeah. course but just like funny nonetheless because there has to be this sort of relief from well, the acid drug is, induced taking trip. acid is very much a fun, funny experience. Like for those yeah, who haven't taken yeah. acid, when you do take acid, you get overcome with this joy and just this, it's like your entire body is just being tickled by any little thing that you see or find just remotely funny. And you, you can't escape it. Like inhibition. Exactly. And you can be scared, but at the same time still have a smile on your face, which is, <laughs> <laughs> I think we get a great example of that. That's throughout the entire a lot. Yeah. It's true. Honest- I mean, during the dance numbers themselves, I will specifically the one. Okay, so like we get through the first dance number, they're all drinking the sangria. Uh, the the one of the ladies who made the sangria, who has her son there as well, you know, they're hanging out and stuff. And that's when it gets to the two deadpan sort of shots. Um, I love that part because it really builds up a sort of anxiety because you really don't know what's going to come of the fact that they're drinking this, you know, yeah. like. It's 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 ominous because and also because the music in the background is just like not I don't know it just it's it's on that verge you know of just like spilling out or something yeah between and, so between the first dance number and the second dance number the music that is playing in the background is is slowly kind of getting fa- at a faster and faster tempo it gets yes. to like um, that Mars track pump up the volume and I'm sure everybody's heard that famous '80s jam right there too. But that one, I, whenever I hear that song, I start getting like, oh, like, 
I get I get pumped. I get amped. Yeah, and yeah, and that's very much true to first when you first take a drug and it's starting to kick in slowly, and you're like, "Yeah, am I feeling it? Am I not feeling it?" And you're just talking, constantly thinking it. You're. you're, It's almost like you're talking to distract yourself from yes, yeah, feeling the drug. Yeah, dude, that's a great way to put it. You are. You're just (laughs) literally trying to make conversation. Whatever is on your mind, you know. Yes, dude, I want to fuck that girl. (laughs) Oh, dude, she's so hot. Yeah. Oh God. Hey, dude, do you feel that? Like, oh, dude, that's hungry is so good. Yeah, hey, man, I have a like bad feeling dancing? right now. Like, I don't want to go. Like, <laughs> but actually, like, uh, let's go chill over here. And like, oh no, but I'm not having a good time. But you know what? I have a good feeling about tonight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're just trying to escape what's coming towards you very quickly. You yeah, know? it's it's like a car speeding at you. You know, you're not gonna die, but it, the impact, mm-hmm. you're gonna feel something. And like. I love that sort of induced feeling that he he creates just through the tension of dude. I had so much anxiety. People talking, yeah, exactly. I had so much. So and much what's anxiety. great is that it's then just released automatically when uh, fucking Daddy puts on his fucking track, which is great that he gets to play it. Yeah, uh, and it's so cool that they fuck. had uh, Kitty Smile actually as in the film itself because uh, I've been bumming some Kitty Smile tracks and he's dope. Well, he's all right, but has he been around for a while? Or like... yeah, he's been around for a while. There's one song that I bump a lot. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's like a houseier joint. Funny because Dick Wintai's he actually did with Crookers, which is very random because I haven't heard Crookers in a really? long time. Yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. they're still making music. I think Crookers they used to be two a DJ duo, and now they're just one guy. But oh, okay. Crookers throwback to that Justice kind of. <laughs> Ed Banger era of house bloody music. beetroots era, bloody beetroots yeah, era. definitely. Which is, you know, um, I'm surprised I didn't see any Ed Banger music in this film. Does he not just fuck with them? I don't. It's mostly he like just honestly he Daft works music. with Thomas Bangalter. Like that's his shit because oh, that's his bro. He, well, yeah, like he that the, all of the music that was played in there, he said was shit that he was jamming out to. Yeah, when he yeah. would go uh, to house parties. Oh and yeah, stuff, you of know? course. Yeah, and that's what's cool. It's like. To think that um, Thomas Bangalter and him might have been in the same sort of uh, environment or scene together, you know, and that's well, why he did their the, homies now. Yeah, I mean, he did the soundtrack Irreversible. for Irreversible back in, and that came out 2002? For, Enter what? the Void. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he did for Love, but maybe for some parts of it, and then now with um, fucking Climax. It's interesting to see Daft Punk, well... Thomas kind of just do film music now too. I'm not mad at it. He I'm is happy that they're taking it's that amazing. That like he is such a he has such a way with sound that is because I was thinking about so it. much tension. But it's funny because the last album that they came out with to me was like it was garbage. I hated the the new Daft Punk album. The one I mean, Get but Lucky. that's Daft Punk, you know. Like, but I've liked all the da- like or original Daft Punk. Original. I think, though, I think the newer I mean, Daft Punk. I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do. It sounded it was too poppy. Let's just say that. Like, yeah. and I'm down the for films, their I'm down do for their pop film. music. Yeah, stick to film. But and I, what I was actually trying to say is like Daft Punk, there's so much hype on Daft Punk. Like people, yeah. even if you don't listen to dance music, you know a Daft Punk song. You and, everyone. And there's always this anticipation knows. of like, oh, are they going to start touring again? Are they going to do another alive, alive show? Dude, like, alive? and just now that I've been like watching more of Gaspar's films and seeing the side work that Thomas is doing, I it doesn't seem like they're ever going to do a big show like that again, too. And I think for the right reasons. And I think they went out with class. I mean, they're still fucking iconic. They're an iconic music duo. Yes. And they're always going to be. And it's cool to see them branch out their horizons and do. Because I'm sure, uh, 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 what guy, Gee, guy, uh, has some part in Thomas's production. So, yes, yeah, exactly. Like, even if he's not credited, I'm sure he's like working true. on with, with them, you know, like they're, they've been together for fucking since the early 90s. So, I'm I sure mean, Thomas have. does seem like, or Tomas, I guess, or Tomas, I don't know how they would say it. I don't know, this <laughs> fucking French. But, America. um, they, he seems definitely more like the, creative or weirder guy in terms of like the noises that are in Daft Punk's music in general, you know? What was the what was the Daft Punk film that came oh. out? Is it two two isn't with the number two or something? Uh well there was Interstellar fifty five fifty five. That was the oh, animated okay, one. Oh Ele- Electrorama, yeah. It's a good another, a great Daft Punk film I recommend everybody to see. It's just basically like a giant music video, just Daft Punk standing around. I mean, that's basically what Climax is. It's just a giant music video and True. dissension into this primordial experience or something. We should so, do an episode okay. on, on uh, Electrorama because that's, that's a good movie. 
Okay, I'm down. But okay. yeah, I mean, essentially, um, the film is just one giant music video. Basically, yeah. but done very well, tastefully well. Like, a way well. that I've like and true I haven't seen like a sort of house film, if you will, done. Yeah, uh, and it's like back to the the whole Daft Punk being so this gigantic music group. Like he he incorporated their music so tastefully well, and just didn't use traditional, uh, I guess, traditional quote unquote Daft Punk songs like Around the World or yeah yeah uh, what's the other one that they have one more time he used rolling and scratching and which that song is, is a fucking hard ass a hard song, ass song and a scary song too when you hear it in the context that he plays it in the film because um when the woman box when she's talking to sophia's character she gets kicked in the stomach the pregnant woman gets kicked in the stomach because everyone's accusing her of being the one that drugged her because obviously she didn't drink it because she's of pregnant. spiking the alcohol. So she doesn't even know what the fuck's going on because prior to everybody starting to trip, she's like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. And then she gets fucking fucked up, comes into the room where everybody's really starting to start peeking. Mm-hmm. And rolling and scratching is playing and it like it's just that like distorted sound. It's like It doesn't even sound like music really, but it still kind of has like a rhythm to it. If that makes sense. It's its own language, its own sort of dialect that it's like speaking through rhythm and sound. I don't know. Something about it. It's just not like linear to it or anything. It's just like, it's just distorted. Yeah. And that's literally how, rolling and scratching. Yeah. And that's how you can tell, you can kind of pick up that tone of the room of all these people starting to fucking dive fucking right into their trip. I mean, the second dance number though, I think is, I, perfect because then they're starting to get amped up like you can tell like shit's starting to go the direction especially because it's done from that sort of bird's eye view view, the entire time and um just like having each dancer go into the middle to do their own shit was like it was such a creative way to do a dance number because typically you want to view it from uh in front you know to catch every single move but from this it made it so much more energetic and also just like again like this sort of divinity watching over these people like you're the uh, you're that I, I think the viewer in the film is the acid the viewer is almost a part of the viewer is like experiencing this as they are too like it's almost like he gives again, like he gives you the opportunity to kind of like, I mean, like go you, along with would it. Would you classify? Would you categorize this film as a horror film? I think there are horror aspects or horror. Because honestly, elements. I, I, it, I was very unsettling watching it the first time, and I, no, I, I was actually like so scared because it, it's like a real experience, like people going fucking crazy over some on some drugs. You can, like, you can understand especially for folks so given that these dancers are like folks who like maybe are used to doing coke and and marijuana like none of them might be used to taking acid on that extreme level yeah yeah, heavy amounts of it so knowing that they're taking it without knowing without understanding those you know predicaments is like that's terrifying and so they're going to respond in a way that is very primal which is like fucking uh fighter you know fight or flight, fight or, or, flight. or they're That's just acting it. on their base emotions and if a thought comes they're to their head like they're acting they're literally acting like animals because from one moment they'll be laughing and giggling and then they'll be like nah bitch you're the one that fucking drugged us and then when uh they really start going in on the pregnant woman they're they like they're literally like animals just like surrounding her and like exactly barking well, at even her. the first guy the first guy the muslim dude that they just fucking oh yeah throw oh. out into the snow poor <laughs> dude freezes to death is that what happens when he just kind of is gone? They're like, yeah, you're out. Don't come back. Well, because like they, he was the only one who didn't, well, he was another one who didn't drink. And he made it known to everybody like, oh, no, I don't want to drink. No, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. And then the, so, like, the weird. Very suspicious. Well, the only reason it was even more suspicious is because you have this incestual freak who's in love with his sister. Exactly. And he yes. calls him and out that, on it. Yeah. He calls him yeah. out and he's like, he did it. And everyone's like. They are their immediate thought is to freak out because this is the first stages of their trip, and they're like, "Yep, he did it." Like he said, it, he did it. I don't give a fuck who it is. We need someone to blame because it's gonna make me personally like feel better. Is just swarming on this innocent guy. Yeah, <laughs> so fucked up. And then the woman too, like the pregnant woman, like she yeah, gets no, kicked that's in the. Up too. She gets that part was so dark, dude. She just gets kicked in the stomach for like I didn't drink. I'm pregnant. Oh, you're pregnant? Yeah, right, bitch. Like that's literally what the other woman tells her. <laughs> like. 
knees her in the stomach. And again, it's like you can understand with a drug like that, you completely lose all. It, it's all about the moment. Yeah, that yeah, moment yeah. It's a, in a itself, completely reactionary. The intensity of the re, yeah of the reaction and like what you can do in that moment, and that's what's so terrifying about it because it's off limits. Like you, you can do whatever you want at that point. Yeah, which is basically what happens. It just everybody and there's no chaperone to kind of ground you and bring you back exactly because all the, the all one, my psychedelic experiences there's been at least one person who's like kind of helped guide us and just bring us back down to earth when you have I all mean, these maniacs is, just going in and acting on their base <laughs> emotions like there's no one to trust no one to believe really in a sense sophia was acting as the sort of matrimonic figure you know? yeah like she was tr- trying to be this sort of motherly patron to people to like try and help them and they were looking to her for like support you know when they Mm -hmm. were losing their fucking minds but eventually she gives in and like in this very uh i don't know this fucking sort of terrifying dance number for herself she just like starts freaking dude that was so crazy oh so i was gonna say crazy but more so impressive uh when she's freaking out in that room and she she slides up against the wall and does a complete split up against the wall. I'm like, God damn. Dude, you yes. guys are so limber for that? Jesus Christ. And then she like closes her legs towards her and pushes away from the wall. I'm like, fuck. How do you even train your body to do that? I don't I don't even fucking know. <laughs> like, and she's just fucking flipping out. It's so it's so awesome. And that's actually like uh uh scene straight out of possession actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is also where, we didn't mention is also uh one of the VHSs in the yes. the uh dialogue where they're interviewing them in the beginning. Played by I believe her name is Isabel Isabella Johnny or something like that, but she has it's like this very famous scene of her freaking out in a terminal mm-hmm. uh tunnel or whatever. Yeah. Um and it's like it has very big semblances to it because it's just you're watching this very primal act of just like oh someone in danger freaking out mm-hmm. and spitting saliva everywhere and what's crazier is that like you hear the music slowly in the background and you, you also know, hear a the woman screams screaming. of people yeah i love that they never like he never let go of that like you come back to this area that's kind of your like checkpoint you to know. think that you're gonna find out what that screaming is too and you don't yeah. until the end basically yeah and it's because the this woman it was holding out on her coke and this other one was pissed about it pushes her whatever i don't know what that open flame was but one woman pushes another woman into an open flame. Her hair catches fire. She starts screaming. And they just start laughing at her. Yeah. And then you take <laughs> off and you you leave that little section and it's gone. And every time you enter that little corridor room, you hear her <laughs> screaming in the distance. And every time you go into that section, I thought, like, she's going to run into her. Like, you're going to see what the fuck happened in her head. Like, she's got to be fucked. But you never do until the very you never end. Never do. And you just constantly hear her screamings along with the kids <laughs> screaming in the the electrical room locked away yeah. <laughs> but again sort of comedic in that yes sense. like the mom very, just like looking for the key like i lost yeah, the key. She loses the key and it's like you can feel that when you're like tripping yeah. on acid you just think you don't have you have to constantly check yourself yes. to make sure yes. everything is on your body i mean dude when we went to when we took again, acid on you were just you were a wet noodle we that took a it. acid on halloween uh yes and we went to go to a concert like that, and i had a, a very much similar experience i had fear i had joy i had excitement more fear but i thought for ecstasy I, fucking coming for like, a long time dude. i had like a shitty flip phone whatever and the back part of my battery would constantly slip off so I, just on a normal day like i'd pull it out of my pocket and it would slip and i just have to you know like like click it back into place so on yeah. acid i was trying to like text people and like i brought it out and like that came out and i kid you not dude literally in my head it felt like my phone melted in between my fingers and i was like <laughs> like oh i gotta catch these pieces and then i was like shaking around and then like i looked and i was like it, my phone's in my hand right now it's funny yeah. it's, it's scary so but like reflecting yeah. on it, you're like that was funny Halloween. That was Halloween. Watching Geyser in San Francisco, just right in front of a club, in, in front of him at a club, just being overcome with the coming music. out of my body. Literally, just <laughs> you're coming. coming? Oh, 
That's hard. No, I, there was one point where the ecstasy of the moment was taking me over so much that I could literally feel the wave of music yeah. like pulsating just fucking your crawl body. over my body. Yeah, pulsating. Then it made me feel like I was coming because like that's just <laughs> how intense you the reached full was. ecstasy, dude. That's the definition dude, of ecstasy right there. It completely out of my body. <laughs> and that's what this film reminded me of. Like I was like, yep, that I, I can get all of that. Yeah, I mean so as I horrifying as why. it is, like like you said, there is a comedic nature to it because it's relatable and I'm just like, fuck, like you're so out of your mind right now. Like yeah. if I if I had a if I was just chilling with two of these people and like I was sober, I would just be like, This dude's fucking tripped the fuck out. But like <laughs> enjoy it. Like do your thing. Like just the setting they're in and this the panic that they're going. Like if they ne- if if they all embraced it, think about how much of a good time they all would have had. They're already all dancing. The thing dancers. is, they had too much. Like, yeah, they have just for sipping away. Way too much. Like <laughs> I don't even. I can't even fathom how much they. Probably Dude, the most had I've taken, taken, I think, was like three or four tabs, and I've been out of my mind for that. Except two tabs for me. Two tabs I was out of my yeah. fucking mind. I mean, it all really just depends on the batch too. Like you, just... exactly. And coming from the fact that these dancers are sober people, like Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, true. True, like, dude, it's it it really is scary. Like tripping for the first time, really tripping for the first time. It's it's fucking horrifying. Like I'm trying to think of somebody who had a meltdown. I'm sure I've been around some people, but just to see the look on, like, you know what? I'm gonna put him on blast. Fucking the rat Jawal. Um, we went uh to Coachella one year, and uh, <laughs> we went to Coachella one year, dude. And we took me, Ralph, and him took acid, and we were waiting in. The, one of the tents to go see Nicholas Jar, who's a great artist. I recommend everybody go see him. And Jawal, dude, I could just see the like panic start to overwhelm him <laughs> on his face. He's like, I like, uh, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we should go. And I was like, me and Ralph were like, dude, trust me, you're gonna want to come in here and it's gonna, you're gonna enjoy it. And we went in there, and me and Ralph were, we were ready for the experience, you know, like, cause we've, prior to that, we had tripped pretty hard a few times. And I think this was like Jawal's like real, like, heavy Definitely. tripping moment. So he was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so we go inside the the room he's about to play and i kid you not we go in the room it starts the the lights start to go on and it literally starts to get pitch black ralph's like dude i'm going to the front he's he's in the level of excitement right now so he's all loving it he's like dude i'm going to the front like we'll meet outside of the tent like whatever after the show like come on go right, let's go and i was like all right, all right i'll go with you because i'm all i'm in the level of excitement but also intense fear of and, course. But I have Jawah, and I'm like, Jawah, are you good? And he's like, dude, just like, let, all right, just lead me. So I'm like, all right, dude, let's go. Like, <laughs> he has my hand on it. He has his hand on my shoulder, and it starts to get darker and darker. And then at one point, it's pitch black. People, they're like a group of people, like break our chain, and I turn around and it's darkness. And I'm like, he's he's gone forever now. Like, <laughs> like what? I I want to. I wish he was here because I want to ask him what his experience was being in that. Because obviously, you're at a Coachella, a cool festival. You don't really have anything to be afraid of, but at the same time, that like loss of control of your body is probably to me what's the scariest part of psychedelics because it's like you're like not your own person. You're that fear of losing your, I guess your oh, grounded losing self, your motor functions. Like that's literally well, what it is. I yeah, because you're like you're not going to be able to control your actions. Exactly. So it's scary, but you also have to kind of ride the wave out, and it's just like yeah, that was funny. Like he's just he disappeared. I had a great time. I wasn't like, all right, I'm like me. I know how to embrace it. So I'm like, I'm here right now. But him like, dude, I literally lost him the entire day of that festival. The only reason I found him is I went to, we were seeing somebody. I walked, I was, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I walk and I literally see him staring at his feet with his hands out, walking in a straight line, just like, uh, and I'm like, dude, like it was a very serendipitous to like run into. I'm like, what, what are the chances of like, crossing and my, of course that would happen on the trip too right? yeah like, there is there is like i don't know if this is bullshit now but there is a supernatural element to psychedelics that you of certain of certain like like a sudden suggestion or something or but like you're this, but it, you're it all like picks up you, everybody picks up on it in some weird yeah capacity, and you know? like the energy that like it's, it's almost very like much shared could, it's like I think of like in Donnie oh, Darko, man. like when the things are coming out, the time is coming out of their chest, you know, like yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But this, That's but a our, good way. To but put our it. times are like intertwining with one another, and somehow we're all sharing. We're all in our own experience, but also a shared experience. I don't even know how to explain it. It is definitely a shared experience, and I think that's like that's what's hilarious because it's like I know about that whole trip with Jawal because he called me while he was ah, tripping out. Interesting. 
And what's crazy is that I was in a moment of desperation where I was at the hospital with Karina because, like, she was Whoa. going through, like, something really serious at the time. And Personal. all of a sudden, I just get this random-ass call from Jawal. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And I was already at the hospital, so I wasn't sure if I should answer, but I did anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like shit. Turns out he was tripping, and it's like, dude, all right, let's, like, help each other come down, <laughs> you know, in a sense, or, like, center each other. So that was really awesome that like i know about that but again this shared experience that like i got to experience his trip as well because he's yeah. looking to me to help him out and center him and then after that he finds you and like that it just all worked out in the end oh my god like yeah we have a new gr- we have a new guy here like his name's Joel Quiddle. yeah um he was definitely a newer guy that i didn't <laughs> he was a new guy on those drugs but uh... holy shit <laughs> that was good <laughs> yeah but it is interesting this sort of this other plane i guess if you want to call it that you get into when you're on these psychedelics more so i'm gonna say with acid because when i when i'm on because we took shrooms a few times together we've taken shrooms and acid yeah we've done a good amount of drugs together i would say yeah um and i think whenever i take shrooms i'm more internalized but when i take acid i'm very much more social and ready to dance and talk to people and fucking punch pregnant women in the stomach. That's my favorite thing to do on acid. I don't know about you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but uh <coughs> Yeah, cough it up, dude. Cough it up. We need to take some acid again. I want to I I wish I still had the acid that your cousin gave me. Um he gave me a very small 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 amount, but Oh, well, I'm sure. I mean, well, microdosing like That's true. You take I never I've never done that. I don't know how I would feel about that. Like to me, pretty, like if I'm gonna take I've a, done it with shrooms. Really? Yeah. How do it's, you it's actually really chill. I I kind of like it a lot more. Hmm. Wow. You can you can operate a lot better on microdose than you can. But are you still like. like tripping? You are, but it's not necessarily like the full again, it's like that peak, but you don't actually move over the peak, you oh. know. See my problem is when I take drugs i get so in my head on the come up that i'm just like <laughs> i'm so goddamn anxious i just like, i always I just like get me over it. like get me tri- if i just want to know what level of trip i'm gonna be as opposed to like yes. am i gonna trip this part am i gonna trip that part am i not gonna feel it i need to take more like what's going on right now like come on i just want to be like oh i'm fucked up i just wish i could take it and then feel it that way i don't have to wait man for i was gonna it and, like, like anticipate everything you, you know? know what you know what i'm gonna say that back to this the acid like this supernatural plane i'm fucking getting all crazy with the supernatural part of the acid but when i was in cancun i was gonna take some acid uh-huh and the night we were gonna take it yeah it, it, shit just wasn't going like i don't know me and amanda were arguing like my mom's boyfriend got kind of drunk and he was just kind of like being in a little bit of obnoxious whatever so we had this plan to take it like at the end of the night at the resort and he comes in, he's like, are you, like, he was kind of fucked up. He's like, you ready to take it? And I was already kind of feeling like, uh, I don't know, like, but I was, it was like our only window to take it. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, let's fuck it. Let's do it. Like, I'll be all right. And sure enough, like it went missing. Like I couldn't find it. I was like, what the fuck? Like, where, where is it? Like I looked everywhere in the room and it disappeared. Interesting. So it's like almost like, thank God you didn't do it. Yeah. Like it, it, it slid its way away from me. But, and then the, a lot of the times I have taken it just, Shit's just worked. Like someone's just been like, "Here, I have an extra tab. Like, you want to take it?" And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And You've it's been, been great. in the situations for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, everything's led me to where I need to be, which is kind of like this, you know. Like that's kind of yeah. what happened. Everything leads them to this moment of exaltation, and like for everyone, that's a different means of how to get there and what that could possibly do for you. Like. For instance, with the fucking incest, you know, brother and sister. siblings, you find out that they are actually having fucking each other, and like um, one of the guys is like distorting his body and cracking his bones on the dance floor, and like everyone's just having their own intimate. Yeah, I mean, crime when it's moments. the when it's the climax, if you will, of the scene. We, exactly, you go to the dance floor, and then very again back 
true to uh, Gaspar's filming style, the camera's just kind of panning around everywhere. Upside, it starts upside it literally starts down. to go upside down. Yeah, throughout the whole part. You're right. It's just completely upside down. But you keep getting. It's like you're being followed by the contortionist too. But at the same yes. time, you are getting glimpses of like people fucking and people still fighting, rolling on the ground, but freaking out, screaming freaking by out. themselves, curled up in a ball. And like you still have the contortionist like creeping in the background. And my favorite part with that contortionist is when I'm I'm pretty sure it was Sophia's character goes to check on the kid, and it's towards the end, and like she goes to check on the kid, and then the kid's like screaming whatever, and she's walking back to the dance floor, but she doesn't make it, and she's in that like middle part. And, uh-huh. and it's in the middle hallway before you go down where the woman got her head burned. And uh, yeah. the, there's just that red spotlight over the contortionist. And he's like doing like yeah, little diamond dude. poses. It's like, oh, like that's fucking scary. That shit's it- <laughs> I dude, honestly, that's up there. Like, I know it's not, I guess, a traditional horror film. But to me, it's like a, a really great horror film. I mean, that's it's what horror is, though, right? It's just like being removed from like a very real uh, maybe even like sacred or hopeful uh, moment to put be put in a situation that's completely out of co- out of control, out of your control like, yeah like the environment itself is turning against you you know like that's oh, when yeah. I think all things become horrific and that's what I love with like again with like that that beginning or the the uh, TV set with all the influences like that's very much like Lynchian, you know, like the, oh, yeah. that element of horror where the space itself is That's elevated to of. an atmospheric quality that is like evil, all sinister, you know, and like it almost because becomes even like the, evil is a real tangible force, you know, that's just moving around and watching these surveying choices that people will make. Yeah, I mean, and even like back to that, I, I was totally thrown off. Like, I thought that the interviewers who were interviewing these dancers were going to be the ones who would ultimately <laughs> drug them. Or, or I, thought it was, I, thought. I thought there was this cult because they're asking them, like, are you willing to do it, do whatever it takes? Like, how far are you willing to go? Like, yes, what are you willing exactly. to do? And they're like, everything. But the, it turns out they just want, like, they're just asking them about their dancing inhibitions. And this random woman who talks about being drugged. Ends up being the one to drug them all. Spoiler she's alert. She's like she's from uh, Ger- she's this German uh, gal, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. From yeah. Berlin, and she says that she has to get out of Berlin because there's too much drugs. Yeah, and that her ex boyfriend was just like an acid head who would just like take too much acid. Yeah, and then specifically she... says take droplets in into his her eyeballs. Eye. Yeah, which she starts and, to do at the end. Yeah, which is literally the last scene. And you find out it's her, which I think is fucking. And it's crazy awesome though because, like, I thought that. The, go ahead, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I, well, the first dance number when she does her little solo part, she takes it's, her clothes off. Yes, and she's also like the central figure walking down, and she does these very, like, big, weird motions where her body's almost like robotic in a way. So it's mm. like there's something about the element of her that they were depicting that you knew was going to be a central figure. And once you put it together that she is the person who fucking I mean, that movie, spiked the sangria, it's like, That movie okay. throws you in so many directions of who you think is going to be the person who drugged them. And then at a certain point when it's really getting into it, you're, it doesn't even really matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> who's yeah. the one that drugged them. Just them, like back to the atmosphere, like the atmosphere of these people and the amplification of their emotions and the environment that they're in, loud music, dark lights, um, that's what really kind of threw him that threw them in this frenzy. Not the fact that they're taking drugs, because like we said, like we've had great experiences where we take drugs, but there's mm-hmm. this dark element to that school and just this ominous tone, even to like you said, their dances. There's something about their dancing that's very dark. Like when the guy that one guy uh goes up front and all the other dudes like grab on him. Yeah, like a big monster. Like a, some sort creature. of a monster creature. Yeah. And it's all they are all this creature all at one point. Exactly. Too, you know? They're all hooked to each other. You exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. They're all hooked to each other. And also like that same guy who he kind of is a main character in it uh in the blue because he yeah. ends up Zeddy kind of being the sacrifice at the end. Um he had some of the strongest dance moves i think out of everybody most else. aggressive like, i would say exactly like the presence was just so intense with him and like i was attracted when, to him 
I, dude, he was something about him was just like he out just of carried this world, himself. But he just carried himself very well, himself so well, dude. And yeah. like the part, the second dance number when he goes in, he, he it's perfect. Everything that sinks, he's just like pumping up. Everyone and it's, got, it, and it's his, almost like he's the drug induced. He's like the yeah. Merlin of everybody. He's inducing the drug even more because of the, he what, was giving people something. He was the one like, yeah, hey, at one drink point, up, drink up. Yeah, at one point you think he is the culprit and you think he, he portrays himself as this like party guy, drug guy. But then exactly. he goes completely opposite of that because when he gets, he gets uh, induced by the acid, he's just like... He can't even tell who's rubbing on him. He's just like on the wall. Like for a while, you don't even see that guy. He goes from being this aggressive force to just being this like lop of human flesh, I guess. He's just become so entombed in his emotions. Like he had the best experience. He he really has an intense. Like remember, he goes from like extreme rage because he is trying to get at uh, Sophia's character. Oh right, yeah. And that's that kind musical of what drives scene. him through these like sort of primal instincts, you know, yeah. and like because of the drug, it's like you can't have what you want on the drug that induces all of that feeling, you know, and mm-hmm. I, of course, it's going to drive you mad. Oh, yeah. And he does. He gets driven mad to the point that he becomes, he like is the sacrifice. Yeah, well, he gets jumped because <laughs> of the ancestral freak brother guy. Yeah. That was weird. Was that, that a, was, guy, was that a, a man, his sister? I couldn't tell. No. It was actually, or, no, I think she just has she just, she has, just has prominent has features. Per, man, yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me. It's all that Perrier. All that French water I've been drinking. But yeah. Every, and so, yeah, after that, I mean, again, the dissension into hell, upside down camera work. You're not going to see the kind of camera work anywhere else except no. for a Gaspar film. That's what I love about him. He's so yeah. authentic with how he films his shit. Like, I mean, I watched uh, ir- signature. I watched uh, Irreversible last night, and it starts off very much kind of distorted, turning around everywhere. And I'm not gonna lie, I was Sirens like, I, was like uh, I don't know if I can take this film, but but as because it's Irreversible, it starts off basically from the end and goes back to the beginning, and it starts off at like the craziest moments of this entire experience these people are going through where with the craziest amount of camera work and then as it progresses it starts to calm down and get more like centered mm-hmm. and that's amazing dude i love that kind of filmmaking it made, oh, yeah. it's made me appreciate that kind of filmmaking and that camera work more now it really does because you don't see anything like like no no one films their shit the way he does Mm-mm. that's completely original and completely signature to him you know like the fact that irreversible i mean again like it's it's a rape revenge film but the t- the dynamic of the time play is similar to like a moment a memento uh film um and the way that like again it plays with like that choice mm-hmm. like the the fact that our choices kind of shape the situation and the narrative of the film and how it will go and you have you don't have control over that until you find out the consequence of that. And that's yeah, weird. Irre- irreversible is again, just like takes place from the, the worst moments and goes back in time to the, to the good moments. And it's weird. Cause you're talking about this like idea of choice and how that kind of dictates your actions. But it's like even having choice can't prevent you from what is inevitably, inevitably going to come to you. Case in point, like, Omar, who is the character in Climax, who chooses yep. to not take the acid, but as a result, it, he gets turned on and actually probably experiences it even more grim fate. The most innocent people will always get fucked over the worst by like this sort of a choice that they make to not participate. You know, yeah. it's really interesting because, like, again, with like Monica Bellucci's character in Irreversible. <laughs> she, God damn. like it's it's definitely hold on let's take a moment to appreciate monica bellucci back yes, in the day because please lord stan monica bellucci if everyone doesn't know if people who don't know who monica bellucci is go look her up because who good god she is very attractive just wanted to take a moment to do that she's really hot oh, dude man. she really is her character Takes is like really breath. hot too. Something about her character in that film I was really attracted to. Well, 
Well, I think there that was kind of the nature of it, right? Yeah, Is these that, two like, men were like obsessing over her. Exactly, they were fawning over her to the point of sort of ravenous, sort of like, carnivorous like Pierre, attraction. Pierre, her one of her ex lovers. He just had like I would never be talking to like no. my ex girlfriend and her boyfriend Literally about if he can her if, if she orgasms yeah, in front like, of him and stuff. Like, do you fuck her good? Like. Jesus Christ, you're treating, you're already treating her like a piece of meat. Yeah. And you're so shocked when this horrendous situation happens to her in a world full of men who treat women like me. Yeah, and it's yeah. like your choice to do that, to uh, take revenge for her sake, results in, again, killing the fucking wrong dude. Like, while the actual guy watches. Dude, he and he gets off on it. Yeah. He, he's able to release himself from it yeah. at the at that moment from it. Oh yeah, man, that, that's that whole sequence is so fucking cool. And another thing, the gay, I love that, the gay the gay club. Yeah, yeah just yeah, like yeah. the camera work and the way it just like it's so fucking erratic. And you have what's his name, Vincent Cassell, I think, is the actor. Has just that guy like, been in anything else? Dude, he's been in so much. Has he? He looked like he's, Game of Thrones. He's in some guy. of the Oceans movies. No. Uh, he's also like, he's been in, t- I mean, of course, tons of French films. Yeah. Um, he has like a pretty wide uh, filmography. Oh, interesting. He kind of looks like Jorah a little bit. Kind of does. He has very, like a, that jaw in the uh, nose. Yeah, it's, it's the jaw like, in the nose. Just very strong. But uh, but yeah, sorry. he. Uh, I mean, throughout that film, it's like again, they take revenge for this person, and like, it's the choice that he made throughout the film of being this asshole, which drove her to kind of like heading out, leave leaving. him in that situation, which resulted in this happening. And it's like, I love that again. It, it's kind of like that. Uh, that corruption of innocence, really, you know, throughout all of these films, uh, Irreversible, Enter the Void, Love, Climax, it's really corrupting the innocence. True. And That's putting thing. them through these strenuous, life-inducing situations that, I mean, what the fuck else can you come out of it other than to climax? Boom. And I think that's a good place to wrap it up because that was a very well put circle jesus christ it's a full circle yeah man uh some of the music what kind of what uh did you what songs uh did you enjoy from the soundtrack because the soundtrack's really good honestly the two dance numbers i think are some of the best stuff i've heard i want to get that digmatized but just like the the uh the instrumental instrumental you know i think i think thomas thomas uh he edited all this music because the Digmatized and the Chironi song are way more there there's more of a kick to those songs. There really is. Because when you hear the originals, it's like, okay, that's cool. But there's definitely more of a kick, I think. That that's what makes to. it also feel like he was DJing while watching it or something, you know? Like yeah. that's that also makes you want it's a very much I mean, it a is very much film. a full on mix. That, House party film, yeah. Yeah. Um Perfect I love, for third world ballers. Perfect for third world ball. It's all right up our alley. Everything. Oh yeah, everything. You got Giorgio Moroder on there, Aphex Twin, Daft Punk, uh, Kitty Smile. We always we said uh, Doppler Effect, dope Detroit Acid Group. Um, who else we got on here? Wild Planet, uh, which I also believe is a Detroit group, but a lot, very true to the Ethalo um, Acid elements that were oh, hell so yeah. prominent in the '90s, which I'm sure. Gaspar was listening to and going to. I'm sure, dude. I'm sure that guy used to rave the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about he's he. I mean, that's why he takes all these drugs and shit and yeah, he talks he, about them. Yeah, it's like that could only mean he's one of these dirty ass French dudes you'd find at a club, uh, like Berghain or something. He's in Enter the Void. One of the characters is basically him. Like that, I always thought that that was like his character. It, it's the drug dealer too. Mm, so I, I need to revisit Enter <laughs> the Void. I think I'm going to do that tonight. But uh, yeah, that's the only. F- I mean, like on a end note I, or last note, that's the only film that he actually did like a script for. Mm. There was no script for Irreversible. No, all, a lot of those he's working with treatments. That's word. It's like one page or two page treatments basically mm, there are a lot of directors who do that but yeah it's it's interesting because there's a lot of room to be creative 
for it, you know? So then you can tell Just that, that, scenes that Pierre actor really did want to fuck Monica Belushi. Oh, totally, dude. <laughs> Vincent Cassell, yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up, dude. We'll get you on the pod and talk about what it was like to see her gorgeous body in person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking laugh, dude. Um, any, how was, uh, just to wrap it also up, how was, uh, your, uh, Central Valley talk? Oh, it was chill. Um, it was a weird experience, honestly, because it was on a green screen, so I've never done that before. Is it available? Can we take a look at that? There is, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube if you look up the Central Valley talk. Uh, I could put a link up with this, if anything. And it's just like a 10-minute interview, at least. It's not that long, but I get to talk about my scenes and stuff. Um, and cool. I've been trying to fucking, well, they put like a clip of it up on Instagram. So I want to try and share that. I, don't, I just don't know how to do that shit. Uh, send it over. We'll, I'll figure it out for you. The regram, whatever bullshit. Yeah. Um, DJ at general Lee's last Memorial day weekend. That how was, was that? That was a lot of fun. Actually. It was a good turnout. Really good turnout. We got another gig there, June 18th, listeners. Next week also we'll be at The Lash uh, for our monthly Sunday. And then uh, again at the General Lee's on the 18th. And then again also in July. So, Hell yeah. Things are looking good, Frankie. Oh, and then So Clap is coming up too. Dude, uh, trust me. I don't know if it's choose me, but I'm going to say it's trust me. Because I think that's what it is. is, French uh, guy too. Yeah, he's (laughs) deep. He's DJing at a heat wave tomorrow, which is the dopest international dance party in Los Angeles. So if you're in LA and you're listening to this today, because it comes out the day it's going to be, go fucking see it. Yeah. Those are my two cents for music. Music. Good music film. Great art film. I enjoyed it. Happy. Hope there's another film like that to come out. Yeah. Thank you, Gaspar. You're not going to see like, you're not going to see it anywhere else. You're not gonna see anything like it. I mean, anywhere. dude, it's, it's honestly one of my favorite movies already. Like, that's how good it, it is has to me. definitely become one of my favorite too. It's, it's just, just a, like fun movie, you know. As yeah. or as fucked up as it is, it's like a really fun movie. It really is. So and fuck you if you don't like that shit. <laughs> yeah, Jawal. Fuck yeah, you, j- dude. I'm to come back to that, Jawal. Yeah, at this climax point, Jawal, <sighs> with you. We're climaxing, dude, and not in the best way, Jawal. Come on the pods, schedule, squash the beef, dude. Just fucking, we can settle it. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Well, I'll let you hit it raw, man. Come on. Yeah, dude. Fucking, I'll show you. I'll, I'm going to reenact the scene from Irreversible on you if you don't fucking come on the pod. And I think Caesar knows what I'm talking about. Oh, shot Jesus. for shot, I'm doing it, Jawal. So get ready for that. <laughs> and I'm filming it, Jawal. So. <laughs> yeah. Dude, real Better quick, I just love in that scene when <laughs> you see a silhouette of somebody walk in and they just dude, like, and he turn, leaves. turn yes. around. <laughs> oh, the, one of the most heart-wrenching parts of it is just this ass. Oh, God. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, go watch Climax. Go watch Irreverse. We'll just go down Gaspar's hole. fucking hole. Yeah. Go into Gaspar's hole. You will not be disappointed. You're going to Climax. You <laughs> You're going to fucking come all over it. But all right, listeners. Be ready to come. Thank you for listening to us. We are almost at a year, so... Bing, bang, boom. Almost at 50. Almost at 50. Yeah, we got to go all out for our 50th. We'll see what we got. We got a little surprise in store. We're almost one year old. Ooh. We're one year old newborn baby I'm getting into our... Uh, we can barely stand at this point. I can barely stand you, dude. <laughs> Fucking A. That's what, yeah, that's, that is what a baby would say. <laughs> we should do a boss baby episode. We should also just. Uh, we should just. Hell. We should just wrap this episode up. Why don't Listeners, we just be boss babies? I am. Yeah. Be a baby, listeners. Be a baby. Uh, be sure to like us on Instagram, Twitter, Third World Ballers. We'll be back next week, and uh, thank you for listening. Deuces. Talking about the milk.